What's this? What's this? It's super califragilistic, expialidocious. What is this? A whole new world. What is this? Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film podcast. I am Ryan, and this is the first episode ever. It's it's probably going to be more of a prologue than an actual chapter in the novel that this podcast may ultimately turn out to be, but uh, we will see how it goes. Um, like I said, I am Ryan, and I am kind of some somewhat of a cinephile, I guess you could say. I watch movies every day. I try to go to the movie theater every day as well. And I keep impeccable, incredibly detailed, more than incredibly detailed data on all the movies that I watch. I have a gaudy spreadsheet that encapsulates everything from the movie that I saw to how many movies I see a year, broken down into genre, broken down into uh, how many pieces of the Bechdel test that they pass, broken down into how many movies I've seen for with each actor that's in them. Uh, every movie gets a rating out of 100. That's how I do my ratings. Um, so if you're a out of 10 person, just take my score divided by 10. If you're an out of 5 star person, take my score divided by 20. Uh, if you use any other sort of metric, then I guess you're kind of out of luck because not really sure what else it would be. Thumbs up, thumbs down, divide it by 50. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but I wanted to take the time during this particular episode to not focus so much on the movie aspect because there'll be plenty of that to come uh, but to pr pr but to rather look at who I am and why I'm doing this and what I hope we can get out of it uh, so I'm pretty young you know I'm very nearly 25 years old uh, I I graduated college a few years ago with a degree in fiction writing, technically English writing. So I kind of always envisioned myself as a writer. No, that's the lie. I, for a good number of, for a few years, I envisioned myself as a writer. And I, I still do to some extent. Uh, but I really don't have the time, as it were, nor the drive that I think is necessary for to succeed in that field, which is mildly frustrating. Uh, so instead, I, I work a night job at a local retail store that is underpaid. I, I'm underpaid. I work far too much, and it completely ruins my sleep schedule, which affects my social life, which affects my family life, which affects pretty much everything else in my life. Uh, so generally, you know, it is currently 11 a.m. Uh, on the East Coast as I'm recording this. I got home from work two hours ago. I stayed late, though. I'm normally home three, three and a half hours before this. And I'll generally sleep uh, through until like four or five in the afternoon. Uh, it's not ideal. But at least that way, I have time to wake up, do some stuff, watch a movie, go to the movies, eat food before I have to be in at work at 11 at night. So I've been doing that for just over two years now. And I don't want to say that I hate it because I don't hate it, but it's definitely not ideal. And I think that there are a lot of better options out there. I just haven't been able to find them yet. I Let's see, more about me. I... As a writer, uh, I, I'm much more, when I'm watching a movie, I'm much more focused on the story and the character. So I listen to a lot of film-related podcasts myself, many of which I love dearly, 
one I would say in particular that kind of inspired me to start my own podcast or at least attempt to start my own podcast. And, you know, a lot of them seem to uh, analyze things like sound design, sound mixing, set design, uh, pacing, gore, visual effects, things like that. The technical aspect of a film, which I'm no stranger to, you know, I can tell when a film looks good and looks bad. I can tell when costumes are appropriate for what they're trying to portray. You know, I can recognize a good score and a bad score, but, you know, I couldn't necessarily pick out much more than that. You know, I can't, you know, I'm trying to, you know, I'm definitely trying to focus more on that aspect of things now. You know, when I watch a movie, I want to be able to pinpoint, you know, well, what about this scene is specifically making me react to it in this way? Is it the acting? Is it the score? Is it the setting? Is it the visual effects? Is it the directing? Is it the editing? Is it the filmography, uh, cinematography? You know, I want to be able to actually know why I like the movie in a more technical realm. And so I admit, you know, I'm very, uh, I'm poorly versed in, in that side of things. However, I would say that on the other side of this, the coin, the story element, the writing, the characters, the performances, I think I have a much better grasp on that aspect of things. You know, coming from, coming at film as a writer, you know, I've been crafting story and narrative for many years now and traditionally the majority of films revolve around a narrative revolve around a story those are the kind of things that i'll be spending my time picking apart and and looking at and those are the things that i generally look at for how i view a movie in terms of do i like it is it good etc 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 you may have noticed uh a few minutes into this already, that I am the only voice speaking. Um, that is an anomaly. None of the podcasts I listen to, um, I think I think there's 15 or so that I do, uh, have one host. You know, it's generally a pair. I listen to one that's more of a group thing, uh, but for the most part, it's a pair of people, maybe three or four, and I am just myself. So there will be no banter. I cannot provide you with that by myself uh, in any sort of meaningful way or with any type of quality. I don't want you to feel as though that that means this will be me exerting my opinion over everybody else because it's not that. You know, I generally try to come at every movie, big or small, expensive or cheap, indie, blockbuster, drama, romance, foreign, domestic, animated, live action, black and white, color. I try to look at them all, you know, with an equal amount of appreciation. You know, they all start at the same point. You know, I have whatever preconceived notions I have going in, but I still want to give each movie the benefit of the doubt. Like, well, maybe, you know, maybe it can surprise me. Maybe... That rotten, rotten tomato score is wrong. Maybe the word of mouth that I've heard doesn't apply to me in particular. You know, maybe it's so bad it's good, or maybe it's so good it's bad. You know, I, I, you know, I watched, uh, I remember watching All is Lost a couple of years ago, the um, Robert Redford sailing pile. And I, you know, it's got great reviews, I haven't heard a lot of people talk about it, to be honest, but the ones that have ha- that have mentioned it in passing, uh, particularly podcast listeners, none of the people I've spoken to in real life have seen it, uh, but they have, you know, referenced it with quite a fond uh, memory, and I just did not like it. I hated it. I thought it was boring and dull, and, you know, this isn't, and, you know, I've seen, you know, one-man shows before. You know, if you look at Locke with Tom Hardy, oh man, I loved it. And sure, there's like other voices, you know, it's actually got more of a 
narrative heft to it because you've got all these different angles whereas with Robert Redford it's just the boat is sinking how do I live and you know I you know I can't deny Redford's performance is very good but the movie is just oh it plods along and there's no dialogue and I just I cannot for the life of me enjoy that movie so you know it's maybe it is really good and it's that's the first thing that I think of when I think of it's so good it's bad. Whereas, um, if we want to look at the other side of the scale, the movie there was a movie that came out uh, two years ago in 2014 called Strange Magic. It is written by none other than George Lucas, and it stars Evan Rachel Wood, Alan Cumming, and it's a musical. It's animated. It's not well it's not it's not animated very well uh you know it's very average given the year it came out the songs are all like classic 80s 90s early 2000s pop hits for the most part so like there's no original music the story is for the most part pretty bland it doesn't do a lot that you haven't seen before but i just i love this movie you know, it doesn't have a very high rating on my spreadsheet, you know, because as much as I love the movie, the rating is not about how much I like the movie, it's about how good I think the movie is. So my love for the movie is tempered with the quality of the movie. So the rating is much more in the mid-range of my list. But I just, ah, oh, I love the movie. I love the songs somehow more than, like, the original songs. I think it's really interesting. I mean, it's incredibly short. You know, I forced other people to watch this movie with me, and it's hit or miss. Like, you know, I don't, I'm not saying you should go out and watch it because, you know, I don't think it is a good movie, but I love it. So take that for what you will. Um, I'm also going to be very non-committal, okay? So, for, so if I'm going on and on and on about a movie good or bad, I'm probably ultimately going to say, well, but I loved it, but, you know, don't go in there expecting a masterpiece. Or I hated it, but, you know, you might find something you like. Because, you know, because I don't... The meat of the review or the commentary or whatever it may be is the part that expresses how I feel about the movie. But I don't think... I think the the the, movie, the film that doesn't deserve your time and attention really doesn't exist. And if it, you know, I'm sure, and, you know, there are a couple that do. There are a couple that do. You know, I don't want to say that there aren't films that have no merit, because there are. But those films are so few and far between. You know, I don't mind giving my money to some trashy rom-com for a few reasons, because one, you know, there were people that put hard work into that movie. Two, I'm, you know, it may star people that I like in the movie, and I want them to, you know, receive some part of my respect and admiration for that specific aspect. And three, regardless of how good the movie is, I can still put it on my spreadsheet. And that's very important to me. It doesn't matter that I give movie 43. What a trash. I give movie 43 a 10 out of 100. And, you know, it sucks for everyone involved in that movie. But that's part of their filmography. They chose... Maybe they didn't choose, but they were a part of that movie. And as such they are being dragged down by the bad rating I gave it. Uh, you know, regardless of how big or small the role is. So, for me, that side of things is incredibly interesting because I I like... I, you know, I love certain actors and as much as I want them to succeed... I have to be willing to accept their failures 
and you know some of my favorite actors have a lot of failures you know and and some there's plenty of actors that I don't like that have a lot of successes and you know I my spreadsheet reflects that I don't think it's fair to base to say that um Daniel Day-Lewis is the best actor and only point to you know Lincoln uh, there will be blood, my left foot, um, etc., etc. When you know he's been in you know, movies like Nine, uh, you know you have you know he can just because he was in that doesn't make him automatically not the best actor, but you have to accept that as part of his filmography if you're going to stake that claim. So that's that's kind of where I'm sitting at in that regard. Um, what else is there to say? I So I have a movie pass. That is why I go to the movies every day and can afford to on such a measly salary. But, you know, there are three theaters nearby. Uh, there's an AMC uh, not too far that I can bus to on pretty much a daily basis that you know so that'll have all the big releases it has all it has a lot of small releases too i was surprised to see um they do throwback wednesdays where they'll show older movies every wednesday Uh, my work schedule doesn't always isn't always compatible with those though um but there's a smaller theater much closer that i can bike to that also shows some of the big blockbusters, some of the bigger movies, but, you know, it's had documentaries in the past, it's had foreign films there, um, and, and some more indie films that the big AMC doesn't have. Uh, and that's, that's really convenient. There's a third theater that's kind of far, but I can, I still bike to it, that has a revolving schedule and Every movie they show is replaced every week. Um, so the current week right now is anime week. So they're showing Cowboy Bebop the movie, Paprika, Grave of the Fireflies, uh, Millennium Actress, you know, all these, you know, a handful of like great anime films. You know, I saw Paprika last night. I had seen it once before and I was kind of lukewarm on it at that time. But having seen it, in the movie at the theater yesterday, oh, it blew me away. I thought it was stunning. It was so incredible. I don't know what I was thinking the first time I saw it. <laughs> it just completely went over my head, maybe. You know, I, I felt like I understood quite a bit of it, not 100% of it, but the majority, the vast majority. And I, I just, oh, it was kind of breathtaking. I thought it was really well done. Um, you know, comparisons to Inception aside, I think it's better than Inception. But, you know, it's just this fantastic film. And I saw Grave of the Fireflies for the second time the day before that. And it still hits me so hard. What a depressing movie. What just, ah, uh, just... It's, it's, it's tough to even think about just how awful... The events that take place are you know and it's you would think that a film about two kids trying to survive in japan and world war ii would be pretty bad in and of itself because there's a war going on but it's it's really all the other stuff you know it's the family that doesn't let them stay that doesn't want them there that treats them like shit it's it's the other kids, it's the other adults, it's it's the life that they have to lead. That's what really gets you. So that's a theater that I, I love. They have, you know, next week is, you know, horror week for Halloween. You know, they do German movies, silent movies, 80s classics, uh, just all kinds of things. So I love that in that respect. So I have all these different movie theaters that I can go to. I kind of map it out and look, check everything over every few days just to see what I can see. 
with the movie pass and you know because i have to see different movies each day and i have to you know also plan around my work schedule so days that i work i try to do go to a theater that i can bike to because then i know for sure that i'm going there and coming back at this such a such a such a specific time whereas the amc i have to take the bus to so i try to only go to that on days i don't work but doesn't always work out so you know so that means that you know i'll be constantly seeing movies in the theater and that's I advocate for Movie Pass quite. I I think of Movie Pass quite highly. Uh, if you have at least two theaters in your vicinity that you can use it at, and those theaters don't play only the same movies as each other, I think that it's well worth the investment. If you're someone who likes to go to the movies that often, uh, otherwise maybe it's not for you. Um, especially if you're someone who doesn't mind going to the theaters and paying matinee prices every time which i was before this um you know i i don't use twitter so you cannot find me there uh, i'm on facebook as myself so i probably won't be you won't find me there either uh but i'm working on the website right now um I'm probably going to wait until I've got a couple more episodes ready to go before I kind of figure that side of the th things out. But you can definitely get find me at Letterboxd, um, which is my movie reviewing, movie rating site of choice. Uh, it has 99% <clears throat> of every movie I've seen. I've logged on Letterboxd. There are a couple primarily short films that I wasn't able to find on there. Um, and for the last six months or so, pretty much every movie that I watch, I put some type of review for it. Uh, you know, I do, they have this thing called the scavenger hunt. For each month, you get a, a, a list of criteria that uh, you have to match up various movies with. So... You know, it's October for this month. Most of the tasks are very horror-centric. Um, so you know, I've had, you know, so I, you know, I've watched movies like like uh, the Amityville Horror, Children of the Corn, uh, Piranha 3D, things like that. Um, and so I do that every month. So there's a very some number of thirty movies. To watch these months, um, you know, uh, this so you know I watched Carrie, Gremlins, Near Dark, Insidious, The Haunting, Black Christmas, Idle Hands, you know, a lot of horror movies. But you know, this they're not. It's not all hard criteria. You know, I did watch Cinderella two. <laughs> oh man, um, Better Off Dead. Uh, was a good one. Um, you know, I've got still to watch. I've got you know the South Park movie, um, Eraserhead, Dracula, Throne of Blood, Final Girls, Hellraiser, Laura, Halloween Two, Let Me In. You know, a lot of movies, and so I do this every month. I try to only only pick movies that. I haven't seen so all 31 movies that i was that i'm set to watch this month for the scavenger hunt are movies i've never seen before and you know i've been quite successful and that's on top of the movies that i go to see in theaters uh, which very frequently i cannot match up with these scavenger hunts i just you know it just doesn't <laughs> i tried to make it work out it does not work out so i have that which I'm planning on doing like two podcasts, like one at the beginning of the month, outlining the tasks and the picks that I made for him. And then one at the end of the month when it's all done, uh, kind of going over like what my favorite movies were from each scavenger hunt, things like that, uh, which I think will be really fun. 
Um, so yeah, so Letterboxd, uh, you can find me at letterboxd.com backslash stranger, S-T-R-A-N-G-A-H. And that is me. Um, let me just, since I'm, you know, I pulled it up to look at it, but let me just, let me, here, I'm probably, I'm also in, um, thinking of the idea of, I want to do something like a monthly update, maybe mid-month, uh, on my kind of year-to-date situation. So, for example, if it were, if that was what I'm doing right now, you know, I'd, you know, Letterboxd has this page where, based on all the films you've logged, it will tell you all this diff, all this data based on them, uh, which the majority of this data I can find on my spreadsheet anyway, but it's, it looks much nicer on this on this letterbox page. So for 2016, I currently have 899 diary entries. So I've watched 899 films this year based on what I've reviewed. Um, it's actually going to be 900 because there's one that I've seen but have not put a review on here yet for. Um, 524 reviews, so the beginning of the year, I wasn't reviewing everything I watched, but you have to for the scavenger hunt, so I kind of have just gotten in the habit of doing it anyway. I've created 19 lists. Um, so, you know, you have your scavenger hunt lists, um, your best of year lists, uh, you know, various other lists like that. I've liked 399 things, whether they're movies, comments, lists, etc. And so, of all the movies that I've seen this year, I've recorded just over a thousand hours of watching films so far. Um, if I can do some math really quick in my head, that comes to about, uh, shoot, 50 days, probably 48 days. Uh, yeah about 48 days full 24 hour days of film watching this year so um, let's say a month and a half let's round down so i've spent a month and a half out of the nine and a half months this year watching movies which is a lot that's a lot of time and i'd love it i would not have it any other way um right below that it lists my top 20 of films that have come out this year. Um, so I'm just gonna run down these really quick. I'm not gonna comment on them. Um, you can just take those for what you will. I have not seen everything that has come out so far this year. So there may or may not be a film that isn't on this list because I just haven't seen it yet. Um, but starting at the, we'll start at 20 and work our way up. So we've got The Nice Guys, The Mermaid, Deadpool, Everybody Wants Some, Sausage Party, Civil War, uh, Captain America Civil War, Hell or High Water, The Neon Demon, Make Happy, The Innocents, Wiener, Captain Fantastic, Piper, Hunt for the Wilder People, The Jungle Book, Sing Street, 10 Cloverfield Lane, Kubo and the Two Strings, Don't Think Twice, and number one, Zootopia. Um, so it then breaks it down 899 films watched 89.9 films per month 21.4 films per week it breaks it down into days so i've seen my most prolific day is thursday which i've seen 161 films on thursdays this year my least prolific day is monday which i've only seen 101 films so far this year it also breaks it down by week. My worst week to date this year is the first full week of July, where I only watched three films because I was on vacation at the beach. My most prolific week of the year was the was week six, um, February 5th to February 11th. I watched 56 films. I believe that included like all the Oscar-nominated short films I was catching up on um 
you know, I watched I watched a lot of short films in the better, early part of the year, which definitely attri attributed to the, the bloated early part of the year. Because the last couple of months, you know, I peaked at like the second full week of September with 30 films, and like I haven't been able to touch that since. The first film I watched this year on January 1st was Crimson Peak. And the last film that I have a review for is Paprika. Breaks it down into genre. 274 of the films that I've seen have been dramas. It's 242 comedies. 233 animation. 159 action. 137 thriller. 135 adventure. 119 sci-fi. 98 romance. 88 family. And 75 horror films. Um, any other genre is below that. 11% of the movies I've watched this year have been released this year. So 89% of them were released prior to this. 4.2% of the films I've watched this year have been rewatches. I really try to avoid rewatches as much as possible because it's not that I don't have, you know, when I was much younger, I used to watch movies over and over and over and over and over again. But at this point, I prefer to and you know see something new i don't want to rewatch the same thing over and over again you know there are some things i make exceptions for but for the most part i avoid it and then i've reviewed 58 percent of the movies i've seen so again because i didn't really review stuff early on i you know that's the chunk of films that are unreviewed then it lists um, your top five most watched stars. So I've seen 28 films this year that feature Mel Blanc, who is a voice actor from Disney. And I think all of those films were short films. Um, or was it Disney? Oh, shit. Or maybe it's Warner Brothers. It might be Warner Brothers. Disney, Warner Brothers. Hold on, I have to look. I don't want to get this wrong. He is Disney. Cool. You know, so I watched a lot of short films, and he voices a lot of them back in the day. Uh, I've seen Samuel L. Jackson in 14 films. Uh, to be fair, some of those were uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe rewatches in preparation for Civil War. Uh, Clarence Nash has been in in 12 films that I've seen. He is another Disney voice actor. Uh, Scarlett Johansson in nine films. MCU again. And Kurt Russell in nine films. You know, you know, I had a patch of Escape from New York, Escape from LA, Big Trouble in Little China. You know, there's three right there. Uh, he was in Deepwater Horizon, which came out recently. Um, it also lists top five directors. Frizz Freling. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. Pez, who's a short film director. Uh, Joseph Barbarian, Barbera and William Hanna from Hanna and Barbera. And then Chuck Jones, primarily just short film action or animated directors. Uh, kind of overloading the ranking systems here. Um, it also shows my most liked review and my most liked list, but that's kind of irrelevant to you guys. Uh, the highest, the film with the highest average rating from Letterboxd. So this, the film that I've seen, uh, this film has a 4.5 out of 5 average rating, which is insane. It is one of the most, I think there's only like three or four films that have a higher average rating than this. Um, which are, and two of them are The Godfather and The Godfather Part 2. But this is Harakiri, uh, which has an average rating of 4.5. I gave it a perfect score. I give it a five. Oh, that's what I skipped. It tells me how many films I've rated each star rating. So I break it down into a 100 out of 100 is five stars. Anything in the 90s is four and a half. Anything in the 80s is four. Anything in the 70s is three and a half, and so on. So this year, you know, I've given 74 films a half star rating. I've given 85 films one star. 72 films a star and a half. 80 films, two stars. 125 films, two and a half stars. My most prolific rating is three stars so far this year with 154 films. Uh, 
145 films got a three and a half. 111 films got four stars. 50 films got four and a half. And two films got five stars. Those two films are Harakiri, which was the first time I'd seen it, five stars. And Mad Max Fury Road, which was a rewatch um, from last year's. Um, Mad Max Fury Road also happens to be the most popular film that I've seen this year. It has an average rating of 4.3, and that just means that it is the most watched film this year. It is the most popular film that I've seen this year, based on everybody who's watched it on Letterboxd. The l- <laughs> this also shows the lowest average rated film that I've seen, which would be Norm of the North, the very crappy animated film that has an average rating of 1.2 stars. I gave it half a star. It is awful. And then it just lists every film that I've seen this year. And then there's also a segment that, section that shows the highly rated films that I haven't seen that came out this year. So right now it's showing on there uh, Moonlight, Aquarius, Tony Erdman, La La Land, Manchester at the Sea. You know, a lot of those films aren't even released yet, except in festivals, so I haven't been able to see them regardless. But that's kind of how I imagined that would go. Maybe that was too jargony and bland for you. I have no idea. Um, you know, Letterboxd is something I'm very into, I guess you could say. You know, I try to keep very up to date on it. I love doing the scavenger hunts. I think they're really fun. They help me. You know, I've gotten to a point where I've pretty much seen everything in the past that I wanted to see. So this, so these scavenger hunts allow me to find movies in the past that maybe I didn't even realize existed or maybe I just didn't know I wanted to see. Um... I'm currently, there are currently a lot of lists that I'm trying to completely watch. Um, You know, so, you know, for example, like IMDb's top 250, I haven't finished yet. Um, I'm chipping away at that slowly. You know, Roger Ebert's great movies. Um, But the biggest list, the one that I truly do hope that I complete before I die, that's projecting very far into the future, but the one I'm interested in the most is every film ever nominated for an Academy Award in any category. I remember this was this was kind of the biggest part of me joining Letterboxd. I found this list. I thought this was fantastic. This is exactly what I've been looking for. As of right now, this list has 4,700 films on it. You know, from going all the way back to the night to the late late nineteen twenties, and you know, when I first came across this list, I had seen sixteen percent of the movies that were on it, and that was two years ago. So that was before we'd even heard the announcement of 2015's Oscar ceremony. Uh, so we've added about probably a hundred films to this list since then. So now we're so that so that included gets us to forty seven hundred films. I'm now seeing twenty six percent. So of the forty seven films, I've seen twelve hundred thirty seven. So I'm a, so I'm like literally a fourth of the way there. There's a long way to go, and you know I'm only twenty five. So at this, but at this rate, like I watched a couple hundred of them this year. And if I can watch a couple hundred of them every year. So if I watch 200 of these films each year, I'll be there. I'll get there in like 18 years. I think that's probably too soon. I'm trying to, I'm trying to hit it by like age 50. That sound that would be awesome if I could do it by fifty. I could probably do it sooner if I just ignored the scavenger hunts and ignored all the recent movies coming, new movies coming out and things like that. 
but that's no fun. Like I, I want to be able to, I want to be up to date. I want to watch all the new movies. I want to watch all the old movies. I want to watch all the scavenger hunt movies. I want to watch all this and that, that, you know, I, there's just too many movies to watch. I always have something I can watch. There's always something on Netflix. There's always something at the movie theater. There's always something I can acquire or stream from like YouTube or Amazon prime or Hulu or something or HBO. There's always something that is, you know, my addiction to this thing. It's pretty substantial. I'm definitely going to need to get a bottle of water and keep it with me because my mouth is starting to get a little dry. <laughs> trying to think if there's anything else I wanted to mention. Um, so most of the podcasts I listen to have some sort of release schedule. They'll release an episode every Monday or an episode every Monday and Friday or every whatever day. I, with my work schedule and like the days off that I have every week fluctuate. So I believe that I won't be able to keep a rigid schedule like that. I, I mean, I guess technically I could just set it up to do, set it up and have it always work that way. So like always release on every Tuesday or something, but I want to get you the, the, I want to get you the content as quickly as possible. So if I go see, um, then if I, you know, I went and saw, uh, the accountant on Friday, I want you to be able to listen to that Friday night optimally. As it turned out, I would not have been able to do that this past weekend, but I would have been able to get it out Saturday. And like, I don't intend to spoil movies that are new. You know, I will spoil any movie that's old, uh, so I'm warning you right now. I'm going to warn you again on a different podcast. <laughs> I'll probably warn you every podcast that I talk about in movies. Um, and maybe I'll do it retroactively. If I do end up spoiling it, I'll go back and re-insert re a warning at the beginning. Um, because, like, I've listened to podcasts that, you know, this episode is going to be about the Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring, and I'm not going to listen to that episode unless I've already seen it. Because if I want to see it, I don't need to listen to the episode. If I didn't want to see it, why am I listening to the episode in the first place? Because it's about something I didn't want to see. So, you know, if this episode were about Deepwater Horizon, I would not spoil a thing about it because it's a very relatively new movie. And... I don't think you should have to worry about hearing spoilers about it at this point. Um, but if this, say, were about uh, No Country for Old Men, I would give away every plot detail of that without any care because that movie came out many, many years ago. <laughs> so, you know, that came out nine years ago. If you haven't seen it by now, you probably weren't going to see it at all. Okay? So, that's kind of how I feel about it. And... Um, you can email me. Oh, yeah. So if Letterboxd is not your thing, you can email me at circleoffilm at gmail.com. Currently, that is where I'm located at. Um, ooh, so the title, Circle of Film. Uh, you know, you can tell by my intro that I'm kind of into Disney music and their movies and kind of everything about them. I love Disney. I think they're amazing. And... Uh, Circle of Life, I think, is a great song. I, pretty much every song from The Lion King is great. I prefer all of the cast versions of it as opposed to uh, Elton John's renditions. Um, but then it becomes a little harder to pick when you compare the film versions to the live theatrical version, or live the theatrical versions. I mean, theatrical is not what I'm looking for. To the play versions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but I think Circle of Film, it's, you know, because I don't want to, I'm not just looking at one specific part of film. You know, I want to tackle all parts of film. 
you know, I want to hit pop culture film, classics, you know, every genre, every angle, every medium, every style, you know, films for the layman, films for the cinephile, film for the, you know, absolutely data-minded person, films for people who like lists, films for people who like anything. You know, I love lists. I love the data. I love big popcorn action movies. I love small indie dramas. I love the Oscars. I love the Golden Globes. I love trashy sci-fi movies. You know, I can hit every single point on that spectrum. I am on Letterboxd. I keep my own spreadsheet (laughs) independent of everything else. Uh, I'm also part of um, Fantasy Movie League, which is like the sports version of movies, where every week you set up a lineup of films based on a pricing guide and attempt to perform better than everyone else that's playing the game. And I have a lot of fun doing that. Uh, you know, might get, if we get to that point, I might make my own league on fantasymovieleague.com for listeners if that ever becomes a thing gosh that sounds so insane to think about right now uh, but sure um, you know I might end up doing a weekly thing on that if it gets to that you know if I feel like I can you know I'm not sure I have enough I can say about Fantasy Movie League I also think here's another thing that I wanted to say uh, gosh, this must be so rambly. I'm going to have to edit this really heavily. Uh, I want to say that some people try to shoot for hour-long podcasts or, or like cap at that. Um, there's some podcasts I listen to that are two to three hours long. Uh, some I listen to that are half an hour long. I'm not setting a hard and fast rule on that. You know, some topics deserve the extra time. You know, think of it like Netflix. I could have, I could release 10 episodes in a week and they will all be the length that they are supposed to be, which I don't feel like Netflix takes enough advantage of. I wish that they did. You know, not every episode needs to be 50 minutes if every other episode is, just because, you know, that's not how things work. You know, some stories only need 40 minutes to be told, 30, 25, 55, two hours, who knows? I may also do do episodes on TV. Could be. Circle of TV, I don't know. Uh, So, that being said, um, you might find episodes that are only like 10 minutes, and maybe episodes that are... Gosh, two hours seems like so long because it's been roughly 45 minutes, 50 minutes right now. And I guess if I had been drinking water this whole time, it'd be a little easier. But it seems like a long time. So, you know, who knows if I'll ever have any guests. Um, as I said before, my work life is a huge impact on my social life. So the the amount of people that I actually know that watch movies and enjoy movies to any extent is very small. The one person that probably would have been super excited to be part of this has moved across this country. And so if that, we'll see. Um, you know, I'd love to have guests on, but I'm not currently in a, at a point where that's likely. Um, this is something I'm doing, this is something I'm doing because I think I'm going to enjoy it. I think that's ultimately what's at the heart of this. You know, I'm not doing this for the money, which there's very, like, there's none of currently. Like, I'm not doing this to get money. I have a job. If I if I could do this for a living, I would love that. But that's not why I'm here. I'm doing this because I love movies. I'm doing this because 
I love movies and I want other people who love movies to get something out of it. You know, we can't all podcast. We can't all act. We can't all direct. We can't all manage. We can't all flip burgers to cover the spectrum. And maybe I can't podcast. I don't know. We'll see if there's any type of audience here for the, me at all. But for right now, I want to voice how I feel about movies. And I want to, you know, I want to start a dialogue about this. So, you know, if you'd like to join me in this, I would love to have as much company as I can. And if this isn't for you, then that's fine. You know, I can, I would be happy to give you you know, recommendations of other film podcasts that you can listen to. There are so many that, you know, I, you know, there must be half a dozen that I listen to that have, that have gone on about the same exact movie. You know, I, I just, I can't get enough of it. So I'm here for myself, but I'm also here for you guys. And there's no, it's not one way road. You know, this is give and take. So thank you for listening. If you made it this far, I really applaud you for doing so. And I'll hope you'll come back when I really get things going. Um, I don't know when that's going to be. Of course, if you're listening to this, then it's already happened. And then I don't have to say anything else. So... I need to stop treating this like nothing's happened yet and treat it like it's already started. So, you know, the next episode will come out shortly. And thank you for listening. And to coin a phrase from my favorite podcast hosts who no longer use this phrase. So I would love... So if they ever listen to this, uh, I hope that they... Uh, give me their blessing to use this phrase. Have a week.